0: Good morning, church. Welcome. As you make your way in and shake out the wet clothes a little bit, would you stand to your feet? Let's begin our time of worship together, encouraging one another from Psalm 69. So would you, as you stand, let's read this out loud together. I will praise God's name with song and exalt him with thanksgiving that will please the Lord more than an ox More than a bull with horns and hooves, the humble will see it and rejoice. You who seek God, take heart, for the Lord listens to the needy and does not despise his own who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah, They will live there and possess it. The descendants of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will live in it. So let's then join all of God's creation in giving glory to him. Sing this together, all creatures of our God and
1: King. All creatures of our God and. The spirit of all truth and peace, the fount of joy and all peace. To Father, Son, and Spirit, now our souls we lift, our wills we bow to You, the Triune. Blood and spirit now Our souls we live, Our wills we bow To you the triune
0: Worthy. Amen. Thank you for singing. You may be seated. Good
2: morning. good morning. That's pretty good for a rainy morning. It's good to see you this morning. I'm Pastor Sean, and we are glad that you're here. We at Hebrew Baptist. We exist to help every person to take their next step in Christ. And so if you're here today, we hope and encourage you to come along with us and be here uh, amidst us as a people who long to grow in holiness and maturity of faith. And we hope today that you would join us in singing praise to God, and you've done that already this morning. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're glad that you're here. Uh, If this is your first time with us specifically, we'd like to connect with you. In the pew in front of you is a uh, connect card. We hope that you would fill that out for us this morning so that we can get to know you, know that you're here, encourage you, and at the end of our service, uh, we hope that you would take that connect card to our Next Steps desk, which is through the double doors to the immediate left. Uh, And we have a gift waiting there for you. So we hope uh, that if you are here today for your first time, make sure you do that for us this morning. It is our uh, habit to gather, and when we gather, we pray. We should be people of prayer and a house of prayer. And so this morning, if you would, join me as we pray for ourselves and for the world. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that we are in this place because it is gathered with people who are sinners who are weak of faith who have been far from you but god because of your son jesus christ you have brought us near you have forgiven us you have made us your people and this morning lord as your people we praise you and honor you with our lives with our songs and in our hearts and lord this morning We want to lift up our hearts and lives because one of the elements or values that we have as a church is engaging worship. We exist and long to bring praise to you, and we know that uh, as we gather as your people that we want to be engaged in mind and heart, Uh, that we want to be engaged in singing your word to one another, that we want to lift up our, our hearts to you and in And adoring you and giving the praise that you justly deserve. and God in our worship, we know that we are both speaking to you and speaking to each other. So Lord, may the gospel we proclaim through the words that we see, be lifted to you, but also fall on us to encourage our hearts, to fortify our hearts, to help us to persevere to, to to sing praises to to you but to engage the gospel and even people who need to hear it in this room. And Lord, I pray that we would not come just half-heartedly, but we know that we need to come with full hearts of praise to you. Lord, we as we do, we thank you for the work and ministry of Redeeming Life Church in Salt Lake City. We're thankful for uh what you are doing in them and through them to the surrounding areas, that you are reaching lost souls with the gospel, that in that area that we know is majority a false gospel as well as those far from you. We are thankful for the work of Brian Catherman and all the pastors there at Redeeming Life, that, Lord, that they're raising up disciples who make disciples, that are engaging people with the gospel and we pray for their ministry that you would protect them guide them give them wisdom lord we pray for the team that we will be sending to partner with them next month to come alongside to help them in a ministry like bible school but that is engaging not just children but parents and we pray that there's much fruit that even now the plans that lord you are moving in the hearts of people in their community to be a part of this event, that, Lord, they would hear the gospel and be saved. So, Lord, I just pray for redeeming life, protect them, and, Lord, be with them as they seek to proclaim the loss, just as we do here in northern Kentucky. Heavenly Father, we lift up our sister, Gail Lawson. We pray for her. We know, Lord, that uh, she's had some very difficult weeks and months. And, Lord, we just pray that you would encourage her, strengthen her, help her with her therapy, help her with all the things that she's going through in the nursing home, and we just pray, Lord, uh, that you'd be also with Ozine as he cares for her and, and is separated from her at times, and so, Lord, we just pray that you would be with that sweet couple, that you would heal her and be with her, and God, give them wisdom for the days and months ahead. Lord, we lift up the situation in Ukraine, not only is there fierce fighting, but there's flooding. And we know that with all the things that can come with stagnant water, disease, and different things, we pray, God, that you would be with those people that are suffering in many different ways. God, we know that you have saved a remnant, a family there, that you have saved families and people that declare your name is great. So be with the believers there in Ukraine. Help them to be hands and feet to those who need it. Help them to have opportunities to share the gospel. And God, I pray for decades to come that we, they would still be able to proclaim of your great name through this difficult season. That, that the church would explode. That people would come to faith. But God, you would be during with them in specific amazing ways that only the God of the universe could minister to them right now. Or of course we lift up those the fires in Canada and and those, the smoke that is, that is sweeping across the continent. We pray for those fires to get under control, and just as even we are thankful for you for bringing the rain today, we pray that you would bring rain and, and ways to stop that, that fire there. Lord, it reminds us that you're a God not just of a zip code, but of the universe, that you're working all over the place your purposes and plans and we know that you are the hope of the world so lord we are thankful that we can pray to you and know that you are at work but lord we also come to you admitting now that we have not uh, engaged in worship that there are weeks there are days uh, that the way that we worship is self-serving and based on our preferences and based on on our half-hearted desire. And Lord, I pray and admit that it's happened in my heart. And I know that it's happened in our heart. So Lord, and instead of gauging worship, we've given you less than what you deserve. God, forgive us. and Help us to know that it is in you all things deserve praise. God, even though that we failed you, we, we are not lost. Instead, the same gospel we sing is the same gospel to our hearts that know that we are forgiven and that even when we have not worshipped, you have received the worship you deserve and that through Christ we have been made whole. So Lord, because of this, help us to sing the power of the gospel. Help us to be encouraged by it. May we respond, knowing that because of your son Jesus, there is a fountain of forgiveness waiting for us. May we sing that, may we hope in it, and may we rest in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Let's listen together to God's word coming from Hebrews nine, starting in verse eleven. It says, But Christ has appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, in the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He entered the most holy place once for all time, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow, sprinkling those who are defiled, sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our consciences from dead works, so that we can serve the living God. Would you stand and let's rejoice together in the fountain filled with blood that we have coming from Emmanuel's veins. Who's love has been my theme and it shall be till I die. Amen. Amen. Let's continue in worship together as we make this our prayer that God would open up the heavens and that we would see him through his word.
1: Show us, show us your glory Show us Show us your glory Show us Show us your power Show us Show us your glory Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, the mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, the mighty river your heart filling every part of my brain.
0: Amen. Amen. May it be so. Maybe see seated.
2: in your copy of God's Word to Psalm 19, Psalm 19, for some of you in the room, that is a tape case, and a long time ago, we used to use these things, and then what we did was crazy, we would record different songs on it, sometimes from the radio, sometimes from tape to tape. And uh, and so we used to use that, long, I mean, long time ago. And uh, now I know you make playlists very easy, but what we would do is we would make, you know, maybe sometimes you'd get a little, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and then you'd put a bunch of love songs on it and send it to them, give them a little little mixtape or maybe you're driving a long way and you want some really hard fast music to drive along to and you make your own mixtape now you do it with a click of a button now Uh, but now uh, that's how we used to do it back in the ancient days and so um, so hopefully what we're doing and that signifies that we're starting a new series today it's on the psalms and we did a series on the psalms actually called God's mixtape uh, not too many, too long ago. I can't remember when it was, uh, but we're going to do a, a song. Sorry, Psalms in the summer and the God's mixtape, Volume Two. You know, you, this is really special if you get a second mixtape. But we know that God has delivered these Psalms and songs and poetry for us to show and expound on all the human emotions. You you can't go through the Psalms and see uh, from heartache to to glory, to happiness, to sadness, to lament, all these wonderful things. But we're going to look at the character of God over this summer. And today we're going to look at Psalm 19 and be uh, in wonderment at a God who speaks. So let's begin and look in Psalm 19 together. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands Day after day, they pour forth out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole world, and their words to the ends of the world. Sorry, let me just pause for a second. I've memorized this psalm in a different translation, so I'm having a problem reading this. So so bear with me if I mix up a word or two there. So uh, this is page 480 in the Pew Bible if you need it, by the way, too. So, all right, picking up in verse 4 again. Their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the world in the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun it's like a bridegroom coming from his home it rejoices like an athlete running a course it rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end nothing is hidden from its heat the instruction of the lord is perfect renewing one's life the testimony of the lord is trustworthy making the inexperienced wise the precepts of the lord are right making the heart glad the command of the lord is radiant making the eyes light up the fear of the lord is pure enduring forever the ordinances of the lord are reliable and altogether righteous they are more desirable than gold and the abundance of pure gold and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them, there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden thoughts. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you praising who you are and that you have chosen to speak to us. God, because you have spoke to us, we are now listening. And as your people, we listen this morning, longing for you to change us and knowing and exposing any hidden sins that we might have. We pray we leave this place knowing you greater, knowing your heart more and being more like your son Jesus. Speak to us through your word, Lord. In Jesus' name. Maybe inspired from these old uh, cassette tapes. I, I remember a toy that we used to use, and I think they've had some iteration over time. Speak and say toys. Maybe you remember it if you've ever watched the movie E.T. That's how E.T. used to speak words through it and communicate somehow, communicate back to his family. But, anyways, you'd, you'd type in a word and then it would speak it to you. and there was a little boy uh, that was using the speak and say, and he was using all sorts of different words, and he, he looked at it, and he spelled something. He spelled G-O-D. Uh-uh. Word not found. Got real frustrated. He tried it again. G-O-D. Uh-uh. Word not found. And he just kept getting frustrated. He kept doing it, kept doing it, and finally he just folded his arms and said, Jesus isn't going to like this. You know, we don't have to worry about God being found because the Psalms and the very essence of the Bible is that we have a God who speaks in all of nature, in all of creation, and specifically in his word. We have a creator who wants to speak with his creation. The Bible begins, Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light. We have a speaking God who wants to speak to his creatures, his people, his humans that he has created in his very image. The first half of Psalm 19 describes how God speaks through nature. This is what we say or call general revelation or general communication that that the the skies creation generally proclaim that there is a god one who is higher that has created all things and displays his greatness to people everywhere but the second half of psalm 19 tells that god speaks to his word the bible this is what we call Special revelation or specific revelation it is through this that God declares who he is that he is the great I am he is the one true God he is the one that we should worship and that through his son Jesus Christ all mercy and grace can be given and received through him and his work on the cross it is this specific revelation of God ...whom we declare as authority, that we are sinners, that we must turn to His Son, Jesus Christ. And it is in this that the Holy Spirit has inspired us to see that it is this special gift of the Word... ...that should strengthen us as believers. Because God has specifically revealed Himself to us. And therefore, Psalm 19 is a word to us from God... Through King David, that we might understand and know that God has spoken to us and that we should listen and we should obey. It is in this knowing that both the heavens declare and his word declares that we should follow in his steps. The sky and the scriptures teach God's servants to obey him. And Psalm 19 gives us three ways that God speaks. So if you're taking notes in your phone or on your bulletin, number one, God speaks through nature declaring his glory. God speaks through nature declaring his glory. The psalmist David says that we don't need to wonder about the glory, the power, the immense nature of God. All we have to do is look out our window. All we have to do is look at what the world God has created for us. Artists, inventors, playwrights, authors are famous. What are they famous for? They are famous for what they have created. Think of something that you enjoy, a painting, a sculpture, a song, something built, technology. It was created by someone, and those people have been made known by the greatness of what they have created. Well, think how much greatness and glory is due the creator of the universe, the one who made the heavens. And this is what David is proclaiming. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. It is in this, the, the heavens he is talking about, the moon, the sun, the planets, the stars, All of the universe speaks of the greatest expanse of God. The expanse in the second part of verse 1 refers to the lower atmosphere where the clouds and the birds uh, reside. These majestic things declare that I am the Lord God and I created it and I deserve praise and glory. I like how Spurgeon says, he says, Although the heavenly bodies move in solemn silence, yet in reason's ear they utter precious teachings. It teaches us that there is a God and He is great. In this, we see how great He is. Modern astronomers have used different ways to look and study the universe. Many of you have seen pictures from the Hubble telescope, but recently the James Webb Space Telescope has launched, and we are seeing pictures that we never thought possible. This, these pictures are six times greater and faster than the Hubble Telescope. Now, astronomers who have studied these pictures were expecting and really hoping, I guess, to see evidence of the Big Bang. That was their, their thought. This was their uh, their way of thinking. And so when they did this, they were surprised because the evidence does not support the theory of Big Bang. Eric Lerner writes, In the flood of technical astronomicalism, astronomical papers published online since July 12th, authors report again and again surprisingly show many galaxies, galaxies surprisingly smooth, surprisingly small, surprisingly old. Lots of surprises and one paper writes, panic because the support for the Big Bang is not there. Well friends, as those who believe that God created the world we're not panicking. Because the evidence of the universe is showing that it is God who hung the moon and the stars. It is the God who puts the galaxies in his hands. It is God who has formed everything in existence. And it is this God, this mighty God, whom deserves all worship. The writer also spake about the sun. Knowing that when this was written, the sun and the mighty power of the sun is something to be observed. It talks about how he's pitched the tent for the sun. It's like an athlete that runs in circles, giving life to the world. Nothing is hidden from the eat. Do you know that the sun puts upon the earth hundred and twenty thousand terawatts of energy? Do you know what that would seem like? What to produce that amount of energy? Well, if you've ever seen in person or uh, have seen pictures or video of Niagara Falls, to produce that much energy, you would have to increase the height of the falls 20 times to over a kilometer in height. You would then have to increase the output of the falls by over 10% to 300 tons of waters per meter. And not only would you have to increase its height and output, you would have to expand its width. Think of expanding the length of the continent. But not just the continent, the entire equator. That is the amount of force and energy that the sun produces. And God created it. If God is the one who hung the sun and hung the moon and created our earth, he is greater, far greater, and deserves the glory and praise. Today, brother or sister or friend, if you're here and you're not a believer, you are responsible for what the skies are telling you since the day you were born. You ought to worship God. Romans 1 20 says for his invisible attributes that is his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made as a result people are without excuse friends we cannot look at the world and not understand truly in our heart that there's someone greater and more wonderful and more power that has put us here. And if you're a believer, God has surrounded you with a hymn book. There is nothing that you can't see that you can't praise God about, about his majesty and power. And brother and sister, God is calling you, showing you that he is mighty in your life. If he has hung the moon and the stars, he has created the world and everything in it, then we cannot seclude him to just one day a week. We cannot minimize him and his importance in our life. He cannot be an afterthought. He must be the first thought. Your God is speaking to you in all of creation and saying, I am sustaining you. I have created you. I deserve the praise. And through him and by him we should delight in him and make him the first thing of our life. And we can take heart because when we need him, the God of the universe is all-powerful enough to take care of our every need. We are not alone. And God is not silent. He has made himself known. And surprisingly, he wants a personal relationship with you. He is calling out to you to believe on him, see him, praise him, bring glory to Him. And that means then number two, God speaks through Scripture revealing His authority. God speaks through Scripture revealing His authority. For the first six verses, David writes through the inspiration of God to look at creation. But turning at verse 7, all we see is descriptors of God's Word and what it's like And if God is the final and true authority, that he has gone even more than beyond our creation. He has specifically spoken his character, his ways, his way to salvation, and he has spoken to us through his word. Revelation from nature leaves everyone without excuse, but it is not enough to condemn them. It's not enough to save them. The theoretical, hypothetical person that is isolated on an island that people talk about is not safe or innocent. He is condemned, a lost sinner that needs the gospel, that needs to know where salvation comes from. And therefore, God has given his word through the scriptures on how we can be saved. God has specifically inspired to us through human authors the very truth that we need for salvation. Again, Spurgeon says, for expanse, for loftiness, for brightness, for glory, the scriptures are comparable to the heavens that declare the glory of God and to the sky that shows his handiwork. Friends, we cannot look a past the miracle that is the Bible, that God has given it to us by his very word and that it is our authority for our life. The very Bible speaks to this and every major author of the New Testament tells us this, that it's both inspired by God, it is inerrant without uh, any uh, falseness, that it has the authority and sufficiency that God has created it to be. What did Peter say about it? Well, he writes in 2 Peter 1, Above all, you know, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What did Paul say about it? In uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Well, what were they repeating? They were repeating the beliefs of Jesus. Don't think that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but fulfill it. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. And in John, the scripture cannot be broken. And Jesus spoke, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. David preceded them all and proclaims the very same things about the scriptures. What does he tell us about the authority and essence and importance of the supernatural ability of God to speak forth through his word? Well, just looking over these next several verses to verse 7 through 9, we see in three verses that our one response to God should be fear. That there are five references noting that we, what he's talking about, he speaks of the Torah, the testimony, the precepts, the commandments, the judgments. These are all words used to describe God and his word. There are five characteristics of God's word. That it it has integrity, trustworthiness, uprightness, purity, and truth. When David describes God's word, there is no room for the modern idea that God's word has errors, that it is based on an expired mindset, that it's based on man's opinion, or can be debated. David wrote, and the rest of the writers knew, that this is the test for reliability and final authority because it is God's word. What else did we learn? Well, four things about the word changes what does it change us changes our soul it makes the simple wise you know changes the simple it gives the heart it changes our eyes you see god's word is necessary because it changes us from our position of darkness and lostness to a position of light. it changes our way of thinking and transforms that the way that we see the world into the way that god sees it it is intended not to be a textbook but to be a book that changes our life. And what are the last things that we see? The six things that the Word of God does it restores, it makes wise, it gives joy, it lightens, it stands forever, and it enacts unified righteousness. It is clear that God's Word is sufficient. We don't need tradition, other books, our wisdom, or anything else. The way to live life at its fullest is to go to God's word because it God's word glorifies God and helps bring joy to our life. Friends, have you created another standard for truth in your life? Have you turned more to your friend's opinion or what the world values or what the world applauds How do you minimize God's Word in your life? Often do you rely on other things other than the Bible to direct your life. Brothers and sisters, God's Word is our standard. And everything in our life should be built on it. Because God has spoken His authority through it. Do you have God's Word as your authority? Because if you do, then the result must be understood. Number three, God speaks through Scripture, therefore it should be our treasure and guide for life. God speaks through Scripture, therefore it should be our treasure and guide for life. Verse 10 through 14 gives us two things that that because it's God's authority, we should treasure it, and that it should be our guide for life. Verse 10 says that they, meaning God's word in its ordinances and scriptures, should be more desirable than gold and abundant pure gold and sweeter than honey dripping from the honeycomb. No wonder that if all these things are true about God's word, that Paul I'll be mean, sorry, David had written in verses seven through nine, then it should be our greatest desire. He describes it as a treasure that we have received he described it very similarly to two different things gold what do we value in this world in the ancient world in modern world is treasure or gold of value he is saying that it is worth far more than gold you could stack up all of Scrooge McDuck's gold and all the the gold in Fort Knox or wherever they hold it, that we know that it is far more valuable in its worth because of the knowledge and richness and joy we receive from it. It is even more desirable. If anyone has had straight honey, you you know a little bit of honey goes a long way in it. Just just makes everything so good and it makes you want to eat more and more and David writes that the scriptures are sweeter than the honeycomb to anyone who has read the scriptures and have met it in a certain time in their life that they that they've received joy and comfort and encouragement and felt the love of God in its words you know that you want to keep going back to it because it is more desirable than anything else do you feel the same way do you see your Bible and the scriptures as a treasure if you know God then you see that he's given his word he's spoken to you if the very God who has given you life, the very God who has sent his son to die for you, the very God has revealed himself in a perfect way, we should go to it and desire it more and more. Brothers and sisters, we should desire this perfect gift that God has given us in his word. And if it is desirable in all these things, David concludes then, it must be the way that we understand how we live. Verse 11, he picks up an addition. So I'm in mean, verse 12. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. It is in these words because they are God's laws, statutes, precepts, commands, fear, ordinances, because it is perfect and right and radiant and pure and sure, which David has said it is, then we should plumb its depths so that it would read us, that it might read us in our hearts and expose those things that are not pleasing to God, that there's ways that we have Maybe created habits in our lives that we know that are not pleasing to him. That we should plumb its depths so that we know God more and we can follow him greater. Psalm 119, which is all about God and his word, says, I told you about my life and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Help me to understand the meaning of your precepts so that I might meditate on its wonders. Friends, I've told you many times that I love football and I love to to know everything about it. I listen to podcasts, I read articles. I I find out someone's offensive coordinator and then I, I go down the rabbit hole and find out what offensive philosophy they use and who did they learn from and then the defensive coordinator the same way. What, what kind of systems did they use? they use the cover four? Did they use, a, a, four, did they use a, a blitz fire scheme? What do they use? So I want to know all these things and how they connect because I love it so much. I want to be able to watch it and not just see what the score is, but I, I want to know what's going on around it. Friends, in the same way, if we want to know God, we should meditate all on his thoughts and be all about it. That we should let God's word consume us, that we should consume it. That if it's sweeter than honey on honeycomb, the more valuable than gold, then we should make it the very foundation for our life. So, friends, do you consume God's word? Do you meditate on God's word? Do you memorize God's word? Do you spend time thinking about God's word? Friends, it is the way of life. So Read it, devour it, consume it, stand on it, and live it. You know, as we read this and we think these last few verses, we might even recoil a little bit because... We might even say, you know, I've even read the Bible a lot and I still sin. These last few words, I know I still willfully sin at times. I certainly am not blameless. I'm thankful that I've been cleansed, but I know I rebel often. Well, you know, God has spoken to us through creation. He's spoken to us through his word. But praise God. He has also spoken to us through His Son, the living Word. Hebrews says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of His nature, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After making purification for sin, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Friends, it is Jesus in whom all the Word Proclaims Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus helps us to put all of this in order so that even though we read God's Word at times, that we're still sinful and we are rebellious and we are all these things, that we can't rise to a, a nature that we are legalistically following God's Word. Instead, we have to be changed by the very Word. It was Jesus who is the one who knew and sustained God's word and has fulfilled every part of it. It is Jesus, the servant, who is blameless and innocent of great transgression. It is Jesus who we can confidently say that he is declared innocent of hidden faults. And because of these things, we know it is Jesus who can declare us innocent through his very blood. Psalm 19 is a window into the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Jesus who upheld every bit of the word and lived perfectly, dying on the cross and raising to life and now sits at the right hand of the Father, it is through him that we long For his word. Brothers and sisters, let us be thankful today. Let us be thankful that we don't have to uphold God's word by ourselves, that the word has pointed us to Jesus who has done that very thing. And let us be in awe of the fact that God, who created us, sustains us, chased after us. Speak to us, to declare His greatness in creation, to specifically speak to us through His Word, and to reveal to us His Son. Friends, God is not silent; He is speaking. Would you listen? Would you go to the Word? Would you listen to the Son? Let us pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the fact that You did not ignore us. You have given us the very goodness of your word that you've not set us out in creation and then ignored us and not given us what we need for life God thank you that you speak to us and God thank you that we may go to your word for life so Lord be with us, help us, engage us help us to build patterns of consuming the word help us to be uh, longing for the word God, I pray that if there's someone here that has not received life from the very word of God, Jesus Christ, may he, may he or she today trust you in faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing together of the blood that washed away our sins. <laughs> The mystery of the cross I cannot comprehend The agonies of
3: Calvary
1: You, the perfect Holy One, trust your Son Who drank the bitter cup, preserved Of your glorious grace Your mercy and your kindness Your blood has washed away my sin Jesus, thank you The Father's wrath completely satisfied Jesus, thank you Once your enemy? Now seated at your table, Jesus there.
4: a dream job, and baseball is is a very secular sport, a secular business, if you will. Well, I grew up in California, and I did not grow up in a Christian household. Heard the gospel, but it really never stuck with me until I got to college and had a girl that I was dating at the time that kind of introduced me to the Lord and shared the gospel with me, and that was really how I came to faith. I was a very driven individual growing up. Whatever I was doing, I was always striving for more. I would always be seeking success in something else as what I would call a counterfeit glory. Whenever I was able to achieve something, it never truly satisfied me. And I found that ultimately, my only satisfaction was really coming from a relationship with the Lord. I've had multiple opportunities to be able to share my faith with others. There was an individual who he worked for another company that we were partners with and was able to share my faith with him through a relationship. And ultimately, you know, because of that, he came to faith. It's how I came to faith. I came to faith through a relationship. And I think that's the best way to be able to to share your faith with others is through a relationship that you have with somebody where you care about them and you want what's best for them. And they know that, and because of that, I think they're open to hearing the gospel. When we share the gospel, we don't know what God's going to do with that. You hope that that person comes to faith right then and there, but that doesn't always happen. But ultimately, those are a lot of times, sometimes seeds that God is planting in their hearts that ultimately will be fertilized, watered, and at some point, take root. Sports in general and baseball, people have a passion for it. So people love baseball and that's a immediate topic that you have that you can share with others. And it can be an easy way to build that relationship with folks in a way that ultimately you could share the gospel with them. So who's my one? The one is somebody that I work with that I've been praying for. Ultimately, I'd love them to know what I know and to be able to have a relationship with Jesus that I have. My name is Jim Allen. I'm Senior Vice President of Corporate Partnerships with the Atlanta Braves. I've got my one. Who's your one?
2: Great reminder that we need to have our one so a good encouragement and challenge to us this summer that we want to bring one to worship sometime this summer with us that they might hear the gospel um, hopefully you share the gospel with them but we want them to be connected to a church be around other believers and so this summer we've got this summer challenge of who's your one so we hope that you will bring someone this summer who is that person pray for them invite them and we hope to see them in the next couple of weeks couple of things that we uh, just say as we close guests we're glad that you're here again a reminder take your connect card to the next steps desk and they'll be glad to help you out and give you your gift this morning so if you're first time here so we hope that you will do that this morning today because of, unfortunately because of the weather we will not be having gospel at every home and so uh, hopefully we will be uh, in the next week we'll be posting some summer dates for gospel at every home and so uh, we hope that you will take part in those in the weeks to come. we got Father's Day and Vacation Bible School the next part of the month, so we won't be able to do it this month, but hopefully in July and August we'll be able to crank back up, going on uh, door-to-door and inviting people to Jesus and to church. Uh, today, sorry, next week there will be, uh, Wait, wait a second, let me read this again. Uh, today, before you leave, uh, make sure that you sign up to help with Bible school. We have, we need four guides, a sub for Monday, a game helper, and some registration helpers. Please see Christy before you leave today. She'll be outside. Also, if you'd like to help with food for kids and volunteers, please see Karen or Doug Broughton. Uh, we'd love uh, to have you help them in that. And then, starting uh, not this week but next week. Every night, on starting Monday at six o'clock, there will be people here decorating. So, the more people that'll come, uh, the quicker it'll happen. So, uh, this will be at six o'clock. So, hopefully, you'll get be able to get home, uh, eat, and then come over here to help out. And then on the day before Bible school, there will be a meeting. So, if you're part uh, having work as a guide or, or any other volunteers, know right after church there'll be a brief meeting for that. So uh, looking forward to what God will do through Vacation Bible School. We've worshipped together. We've got a great summer ahead of Who's Your One in Vacation Bible School, Uh, but we do, before we leave, want to worship as we give. You can give as we pass the plates here in just a second, or you can scan the code right there on the screen or there in front of you in the pew. Uh, This is an act of worship because of all that God has given us. God has spoken to us He's revealed himself to us. He's given us his son. He has told us that we should be generous people. So let's uh, give together as God's people this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the generosity you've displayed through speaking to us and through your son, Jesus. May we live a life of generosity as we give as an act of worship. May it be pleasing to you. May we uh, display the generosity that you have showed us. And God, all the ways that you've already blessed us here at Hebron Baptist Church, may we use the gifts to, uh, to multiply the kingdom and the gospel, and we are thankful for the givers. We pray that you'd bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Come set your rule and reign our hearts again, increase in us we pray, unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very Stand your feet. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. We used to waste our.
0: so. Maybe so. Let's go and, 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 and pray about who your one might be this week. You're dismissed.